Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and today I'm joined by Thomas. What's going on everybody? We've got Kyle back. Hey. And a very special guest, Alan Dunford. That's me. That is you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he even a guest at this point? No, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's family. <laughs> yeah, you're part of the rotating panel of, of yeah. hosts, right, Frank? Yeah, I think so at this point. Yeah. yeah. I like to okay. think if you guys are old like me, then, you know, like a Carson used to have like his animal guy. He's our animal guy that'll just like come on every so often. Next time he's going to bring a chowchilla or whatever and just be like, oh, yeah, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Very fitting. Yeah. Before we go too far, actually, Alan, can you tell us, you have a book coming up. Can you tell us about your book real quick? Yeah, um, so uh, my name is Alan Dunford. I am a comic book writer, and I've written such things as Pocus Hocus, uh, Grandma Chainsaw. And then now we are releasing our first full issue of a comic book series called Horus in Hell. And I thought the full issue was done because I've read it already. And then I was like, I was going through, I was like, oh, there's more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool. Dude, um, the, the cover art that you sent over to us, oh my God, everything. Like, I want them all. Like yeah, I want they, them all printed. They're those guys did beautiful. such a good job on all this stuff. Mm. I think Horace, yeah. I mean, we got to see who wants to do it, but I think Horace deserves to be a tattoo. Uh, yeah. Like we have that, uh, our top hat studios logo. Um, and I absolutely love it. And I've considered it <laughs> getting it tattooed on myself, but I never wanted to be that guy. Right. That's like, why are you getting being t- that guy? <laughs> oh, God, I never yeah. want to be that guy. Shoot. There's the one panel, the one page where it's just like him standing with like soaked in blood and like mm-hmm. all the viscera behind him. Like that's perfect tattoo right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's funny about that one is uh, we haven't told anybody this yet, but um, we are going to be having um, Horace in. Uh, well, Kit Wallace was kind enough to go ahead and lend us um, a original piece of artwork. And it's that page. So we're selling that as a one of obviously, because there's only one of it on the campaign. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of cool to see how that does. That is, oh man, okay, that is freaking cool. Yep. Um, we'll we'll go deep into Top Hat Studios and everything at, towards the end of the episode, guys. So please stick around for that. Um, links in the description though, if you guys want to start clicking and watching it while you're listening to this. Before we go too far, let's get our question in for the week. What sci-fi book needs a movie adaptation? Thomas, you and I were talking about my recommendation. I'll go ahead and throw this one in real quick. This is how you lose a time war. Is this book that I'm really into right now, and it's about these two basically time traveling assassins that are hating each other, bragging to each other. Then they fall in love and they're trying to outsmart their own agencies now. And it's super, super good. And it's one of those things that if it's not a movie, it needs to be like something on AMC, some sort of series. I think that'd be a really good choice. Thomas, do you have any options? Yeah. I mean, to your point on your recommendation though, like the way I was envisioning it is like Kang meets Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, I'm hooked. So you sold me on that which might be the first book that's a sci-fi book that I read since I don't have any recommendations. The only thing I could say that's already been done that I loved, and it is based off a book, is called The Peripheral. If you mm-hmm. haven't watched it on Amazon Prime, it's like, I don't know, it blew me away. I was like, this is a really interesting, cool story that takes place in sci-fi and there's two different timelines going on, but the past can interact with the future and the future can interact with the past and it's really crazy. So yeah, that's my recommendation, but it's already been done. Since I'm not really yeah. a reader. What do you got for us, Kyle? Well, yeah, I'll go back to my college days and bring up one I really enjoyed called The Sparrow. It's by Mary Doria Russell. Okay. It involves a Jesuit priest who is sent on a mission 
to an alien planet with a crew of scientists and researchers. And it's basically about his journey of faith and his crisis of faith when he's traumatized by that journey and returns back to earth. Really fascinating book. And hmm. there was ties with Brad Pitt at one point to get a movie made, but wow. the actual author did not like the script or anything involving him. That's so usually the case. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah usually and I believe now there's like some talk of like an FX show coming out. They're working on it right now. Oh, wow. Oh, so you're going to get that. Well, did you had, that's pretty cool. Really cool book. I, I highly recommend it. Alan, do you have any uh, ideas for us? Yeah. So, um, I obviously, like I'm a really big uh, fantasy fan, and I feel like sometimes that does blur the line for sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this trilogy of books that I found uh, called Book of the Ancestor by a, uh, an author named Mark Lawrence. And it follows the story of a girl who is picked up by a convent of assassin nuns and trained in their ways. Now, that may sound very stupid, but the book <laughs> is awesome. Like, it's a lot of heart in it, and it's a well-thought-out story. Uh I read all three books probably in about three days. Like I couldn't put oh, it wow. down. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was incredible. Um, and yeah, that, that's, I think that would be my go-to like off the top of my head. Whenever I read that, that was my first thought. Okay. Yeah. The, I, I think mean, the first, the first book in the trilogy is called the red sister. The red sister. Yeah. Convent nuns. Okay. That's yep. cool. <laughs> that's uh, definitely yeah. a sales pitch right there. Uh, heading over to our Twitter responses real quick. We have Sean Faust. Who says Steel Beach by John Varley? It would be a long film. It needs to be able to be two parts. Um, we have Sons and Shadows cast says Drifters Run by William Dietz. Uh, Tiger Porn, great name. No, sorry, <laughs> correction. Tiger Porn, worst name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It went from being a good name to a bad name with one, <laughs> with one, one extra G. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I had I had used a picture of Ringworld uh, world and he was saying that Amazon should be making it uh Ringworld's a classic that. sci-fi. I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> I don't know take? if we're gonna be listening to Tigger uh, Porn much. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, no, my hot take is is about Amazon, but that's a that's a whole nother podcast. Oh god, right. <laughs> yeah. And then Dorky Dorky Geeky Nerdy Trivia. Uh, says Rendivius with Rama is the suggestion for that one too. Okay. Um, and apparently they covered they all the bases there too. I know, right? They got them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let us know guys on Twitter. If you guys have any more options, that'd be really good. We're going to be heading into our reviews and we're going to start off with a spoiler free review for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And we haven't heard from Kyle in a while on this. Kyle, can you give us your immediate thoughts on Spider-Verse? Well, uh, just to begin with, I love the first movie immensely, Into the Spider-Verse, one of my all-time favorite animated movies. So, you know, expectations are really high with Across the Spider-Verse. And overall, I think it was a decent movie. I'm going to try to avoid spoilers, but there were parts of it, like, generally speaking, where the dialogue was muffled and hard to hear. Yeah. Like the audio mix was really not done well. And it, you know, this could be just a product of my old age here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Okay. I couldn't hear some parts too. And I thought, I'm like, am I going deaf or can I just not hear what they're saying? And yeah, I guess that was a consensus online. So, all right. Thank you. I'm not crazy. Well, you know, with Christopher Nolan movies, it's like a hit or miss with that same issue. Like Tenet, for example, had a lot of that as well. And I'm not sure what's going on with the audio mixing in this movie, but there's just a lot of times, like especially at the beginning, 
where Gwen's like given this uh, role to kind of explain the events of what she's been through while playing the drums at the same time. It's like, I can't understand anything she's saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, it was spider punk. Like I love, yes. I love that character, but some of the lines, it was just hard for me to hear. And yeah, I was like, man, maybe I'm just going deaf. I don't know. But you know, aside from that issue, the movie's plot was really easy to follow. And there were moments where you really had to be paying attention and listening very closely, especially during those heavy action sequences where the dialogue can get lost in transition or translation, excuse me. And, yeah. you know, overall I enjoyed the movie. It is what it is. The ending. I'll save that for a spoiler review. I'll save that for the movie that has the ending. We're going to get yeah. so much internet hate. Kyle and Frank, you're screwed. Twitter's coming so, for you, man. I know. Come at me, Twitter. Come at me, bro. No, but really the movie is fantastic. Especially the boy, those action scenes are, are just amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah. The action's and, well done. The voice acting stellar and just, you know, Miles himself is such a cool character. I did, like I mentioned during Challenge Accepted, hear audible groans and complaints in the theater at the fact that it's a to be continued. And I don't, I think that's a marketing problem. I don't think that's a movie problem necessarily. I mean, I mm-hmm. felt like my big thing is like when you end something, like when you end Empire Strikes Back, you're like, okay, wow, we have the entire Empire to still beat. This, I felt like it give us 10 more minutes and they're just going to like go punch that dude and we're done. We don't need, yeah. we don't need an entire movie for that. So I think that was a problem. And also they really, I've noticed it more now. They're saying part one, they really should have been pushing a part one on this. So the people went yeah. in with changed expectations. Not even so much a part one, right? If they would have just pushed it as the second installment into the Spider-Verse trilogy. Yeah. I think that would have gone over a lot better too. Yeah. It just, it seemed like us being, doing what we do, like we were in the know about it, but to your point, Frank, I heard a lot of people at the end go like what that's it yeah. and i was like uh like, yeah, i was like well. i knew that was it but <laughs> i guess the general public didn't know so yeah i agree with both like all of your points really it's like they should have kind of marketed like hey there's another movie coming coming more you know that yeah. should be amped up so yeah but it was on its own a very good spider-man and i've been hearing everybody say you know where it ranks for them many of the people say it's the best movie ever best superhero movie ever um personally i have it behind uh no way home and spider-man 2 with toby Maguire. do you guys kind of have it somewhere in there or, or where do you guys place it thanks yeah i definitely have it behind no way home mm-hmm. but it's still yeah i think ugh, it probably cracks my top five Okay. But I, okay. yeah, Into the Spider-Verse for me still holds like a very special place. I love Into the Spider-Verse. It was just so well done and it was so unique for the time when yeah. I watched it. I'm like, man, I've never seen anything like this. So yeah, it, it's hard to take that away. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. What do you think about it, Alan? I was, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I was that guy. And um, I wanted my friend to tell me spoilers in it because I knew I wasn't going to wait. And what he told me sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember whenever I watched into the spider verse, um, the, or what what was the first one called? I'm sorry. Across the spider verse. -verse. Into. Okay. Yeah. Like all of these names, dude, especially with the, the home trilogy, (laughs) just stop. Like, I promise you we'll forgive you. Um, (laughs) But it's like when, like I have both of my dogs, both have L names. Yep. And it's like, you want to call one dog, but you say like, Lucy, I mean, Leia, you know, yep. like it kind of messes you up. It's kind of too close. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, like I, I really did enjoy the, the first one. I, it was a breath of fresh air for what animation could be, especially mm-hmm. in a superhero movie. 
Absolutely. That scale. Indeed. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I do find myself appreciating the animation too while I watch it in a way that I think when I watched maybe a Pixar movie, I'm just like, yeah, this is Pixar's signature. I'm good with that. I'm not paying mm. attention to it. This one, it's, it's, it's weird, so right? Because it almost distracts you. It's so good. Pixar always gives their game seven on their movies. And then yeah. we're, you know, we just expect it. And then, mm. you know, we have something like this and we're like, oh my God, <laughs> like blew our minds, right? Yeah. Yeah. They almost had to scale back in a way, you know, like Pixar is a top level and they kind of scaled back in some other ways, but it like makes it better. Yeah. You know, like the way they shaded things, the way they highlighted certain things in the background and like the color bubbles, all that. It's like, oh, man, it's so good. It's just the most beautiful movie to look at. Wentz World especially, I think, is amazing. The way they use like a watercolor system going on in there. And you could tell how emotion affects her environment um, and even sound too. Like when you think of like the drums, like the way the drums hit in the world mm-hmm. around her is just pretty cool. It's like, oh man, I would like to see more of that world. It would be neat. Yep. All right. And then also we have a live action Miles Morales confirmed. This is during the premiere. Uh, they were talking about it. So that is on the way. Uh, of course it is. Miles Morales is hot right now and it's just a good move to do that. I don't know if you guys have seen the tweet where someone said they're going to imagine Miles Morales to be the household Spider-Man in the next 30 really? years. Did you see that tweet? I didn't see that. Like he'll be the more well-known Spider-Man over Peter Parker in 30 years. Like with uh, the new that, generation. I, man, I don't know. I don't know if you could take that away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only reason I'll kind of like agree with that is I went over to my buddy's house after into the Spider-Verse and his little son who was like, I don't know, five, six years old was like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and it's Miles. That's his Spider-Man. Well, I, I guess because exactly. with that generation, you know, yeah. like I said, it's his Spider-Man, um, and he's the cool Spider-Man, right? True. Like, like, he's the young, relatable one. Yeah, so I think for people in our age and our generation, like, Peter Parker will be our Spider-Man, but for yeah. kids coming up, they might know Miles more than Peter, which is is wild for me to think, but it's kind of cool too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, like every generation might have their own version of Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and I like that a lot. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah, so our Spider-Man is definitely the one with the robe and a baby. <laughs> 100%. That makes so much sense. Are we have Peter B. Parker. Yeah. yeah, that's us. Yep, exactly. <laughs> He's like, honey, I didn't take her anywhere. I promise. <laughs> that was some fun that's stuff. Too good. Oh man. Our full review for this, it's about 40 minutes, is over on Challenge Accepted if you guys want to check that out. Uh, we also have one coming out for The Flash uh, very soon, which I get to watch it. I know Thomas already got to watch it, and he's basically raving how good it is. So I'm excited to see that. Um, we're moving in to Diablo 4, which if we're being honest, we basically paused all our games to be able to record this so we can go back to play. <laughs> yeah. Now, Alan, you are by far the farthest along. What are your thoughts on this game? Jesus Christ. <laughs> how, much, <laughs> how much time do you have? Um, so obviously uh, a long time Diablo fan. Um, my first Diablo game was Diablo two. I think I started playing it whenever I was in elementary school. Um, and that is the first game that when, when, when you describe gaming to people and they say, Hey, um, you know, like what games do you like to play? I think that there's like different categories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you play a lot. It's like, what games do you like to play casually? What games do you like to do this? Diablo was the first game that I ever played where I would queue up for a bail run and then like quickly run into the shower so I could make it back. Like the bell run was going to like, there was never going to be another one ever again. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or like you <laughs> forego eating and sleeping 
like that was my game yeah Got so it. that's that's one of those like that's where i learned or learned that from and i again i absolutely love the diablo series uh, i've always been a huge fan of it and uh diablo 4 has been nothing but incredible and you're going necromancer right oh yep yeah i just uh like i told you guys uh when we were backstage i'm on the last quest right now to beat the game that's, that's amazing yeah, I, it's like not even actually released yet. <laughs> yeah, I, oh my god, dude, that's yeah. impressive. So what I will say, you know, no spoilers, obviously, because I, I want everyone to be as uh, shocked and excited as I was. the The story for this is so so good, um, but you know, there's cutscenes throughout through the game, but it's it's done on the in game engine. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a cutscene toward the end whenever you get to the last act. And it is absolutely insane for Blizzard standards. That's like, it's, high wow. praise. <laughs> yeah, that it's their. It, they That's take exciting. their. Yeah, it's their. You know, whoever they use for their CG uh, animated trailers and everything. Um, it's like I said for them, it was like this is just I don't know how they're ever going to top this. Like I thought the buy three they come trailer was going to be peak mm-hmm. Blizzard for a while, but then I saw this and I was like, man, this is just stupid. Oh, as if wow. my hype wasn't already high enough. Yeah, I know. Well, I think well, I know what I'm doing all week. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Seriously, I can't so, top that either. That yeah, one oof, suggestion well that I would have it's it's stuff that I wish I would have known sooner. Um, I, I wish I wouldn't have done any of the side quests until later. Um, yes, I, I think the game kind of suits itself better to just burn through the story mode and then go back and do it because you get your mount at a certain point, mm-hmm. and it makes backtracking so much easier. Mm. first side quest so if i had to do over again or if i had to uh give any wisdom to anyone that's about to play it for the love of god just just do the story i know all the side quests look great it looks awesome but they will be there when you're finished yeah yep uh scott uh he has been mentioning that he's been doing all the side quests and he Mm. ran into a problem where the gear doesn't scale the same as the enemies you're fighting scales and so if you do all the side quests you'll end up getting ahead of yourself in a way to where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like oh man i don't have gear that matches the enemies i'm fighting anymore so right. keep that in mind as well. Yeah, because the dynamic leveling system, uh, I think that would be potentially my only complaint about it, but it's a it's a very loose complaint, right? Yeah. Because granted, this is coming from someone who was used to playing Diablo 2 and 3, where you had zones and monsters that were a certain level, even though Diablo 3 kind of changed that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I again, I can't sing its praises enough. Uh, I absolutely love it. But it and it's not just because I'm a huge Diablo fan. Like I'd still like it regardless, but I did not like Immortal. So take well, yeah, that. You, you didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a game. That's why you didn't like it. That's no, no, I, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on it. That's why I don't like it. I'm broke now. <laughs> uh, and all I got was Tom, this lousy T-shirt. Thomas and Kyle, you're both playing. I, I myself, I'm, I'm like level. I think I hit level like twenty five or whatever. On one character, and I'm already leveling a second character just because it's like, yeah, just having so much fun with it. Um, Kyle and Thomas, what level are you guys? Thomas, you want to go first? Man, I'm embarrassed to like go after that compared to you guys, man. Don't Jesus. be embarrassed. It means you're yeah. actually touching grass, dude. No, <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Yeah, God. Well, I, yeah, I'm not going to see sunlight the rest of the day yeah. after this. But uh, yeah, Same. I think I'm only at like level six. So okay. I'm just starting the game. Uh, this is my first foyer into Diablo. So I've like so always cool. been familiar with the title, 
but uh, I, you know, I was a good Christian boy growing up and that was like a little <laughs> bit too, too gnarly, I think for me when I was growing yeah. up, but now I'm a heathen. So uh, I've been playing and it, you're right. It's like super fun to start. Uh, but yeah, I think I need to dive into it a little bit more. And I appreciate you saying just hit the story because yeah. I'm such a completionist. I'll try to hit oh, yeah. all the yeah. side quests and then I will forget what the main story is and all that. So I'm going to, I'm going to burn through it now to get to that mount. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like I, I'm a completionist with some games like the, the dark Souls series and uh, just game series that I really like. Uh, but Diablo, like I'm playing this thing and I'm like, I have to do everything. Even if my eyes bleed, I have to do everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? I'm in a similar spot to you, Thomas. I've only got to like level eight because, you know, I had to touch grass this weekend for my wife for her birthday. So I had to take her <laughs> Did out. Did she and... know Diablo was coming out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't push her birthday farther down the week or something. God, no, not possible. Dude, selfish, man. I hate that for you, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> well, understandably, yeah. Yep. She's gonna allow me to get caught up. So that's nice. <laughs> but no, I, I played the open beta to 25, so I'm very familiar with the necromancer up to that point. And I'm doing that again for my main playthrough. And yeah, the game's incredible. Like I can't mm-hmm. speak enough praise about it. I love how it harkens back to its roots with that dark gritty style in the first game yes. and the second game because i although i enjoyed diablo 3 for what it was i felt like the art style was a bit too far of a you know stretch for the mm-hmm. franchise and i like how it's just going back to how it used to be and that alone is worth everything to me yeah the story itself there's like blood sacrifices and stuff like that which the second or the third one again like i really like that desert zone in the third one or whatever but way too bright for what Sanctuary yeah, is supposed to be. Yeah. And this is like, you're dealing with, like, I just repeated the quest actually, where um, you're dealing with a mom who kind of like went crazy because of Lilith and is like using her own blood to try to open a portal. And you're like, this is metal. <laughs> you know, this is so dope. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one way to describe the game, right? The game's just metal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Alan, are you going to be cool and give Blizzard like the rights to put in a uh, Hocus Hocus skin so that I could play as him going through hell? Maybe. Uh, man, I wish. Yeah, if we could do a Hocus <laughs> Hocus Wizard skin, that'd be killer. Yeah. Oh shoot, that'd be yeah, so dope. Awesome. Some sorceress thing and like change all yep. the spell effects so it's like you're pulling stuff out of a hat. <laughs> yeah, and you shoot out a pink rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Okay, so talking about Blizzard, we're going to be heading over to BlizzCon this year, of course, November fourth and fifth. We've already got our room. Me and Squeaks are going to be shacking up together. What we're going to do is we're going to do a meetup on November 2nd, which generally people go the day before BlizzCon just because the store is open. Like they open up the bottom floor of the convention center for the store and they have food trucks and live bands. And it's amazing. Food trucks. You, you had you had me there. Yeah. Oh, it's so many good ones, too. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> it's, dude, it's I, I love, love, love food trucks. Um, so I'm, I'm from a, a small town in West Virginia and yeah. we don't have a lot of them. And it, it hurts my heart really bad because oh, like man. a lot of people around here, uh, sometimes mayonnaise is too spicy. So oh, like oh. you don't, you don't really get like a lot what? of variety. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, my so, God. you know, whenever, uh, whenever we got a town or anything like that, man, that's where like, I, I love it, man. Yeah. Come over to San Diego for a weekend and we'll do nothing but eat food trucks for no, like, you guys two, will have days. to wheel me out. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. We could definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, so, we're going to be going to Trader Sam's Enchanted Bar on November 2nd around 8 p.m. Uh, come on out and hang out with those guys if you guys want to. We're going to be going to, just a heads up on how BlizzCon works, we're going to a lot of bars, but I promise to be at that one at that time. So if you want to come and hang out with us, go for it. We were there a couple years ago, 20, a couple years ago, it's 2017, and that feels like four lifetimes ago. 
Um, <laughs> and it's just super cool. Big outdoor fireplace and just the really cool drinks and just a bunch of BSing. So come chat with us if you guys want to. Kyle, it's your first BlizzCon, right? It is. It'll be my first one. Really stoked to go. After all these years of watching BlizzCon online, I'm just I'm more than ready to finally experience it in person. That's all. I'm so happy for you guys. Like BlizzCon is a bucket list thing for me too. So that's awesome. I'm glad you guys get to go. Come on out, Alan. Oh God. <laughs> this is the trip. Hey, oh. There's a bunch of food trucks, man. We're just no. saying. All right, I'm coming. <laughs> make I tell you what you do. You make a variant cover that has something to do with Diablo on the front of it. Yep. And you're more than we could just kind of hawk them. We'll, we'll, we'll pull up a van and we'll open up the back doors of the van. And you can sell them in the parking lot. Man, I couldn't wait to get sued <laughs> that fast. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How was BlizzCon? It was great. I got sued within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what kind of predictions do you guys have for BlizzCon this year? Personally, I think we're Ooh. definitely getting a new World of Warcraft expansion. Already? I mean, we're still pretty early, aren't we? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. They, they, they kind of have like a. Yeah, they have like a weird like uh, pink by numbers checklist. I, I feel like that they do for for BlizzCon. Like we'll definitely get Warcraft news, whether it's an expansion or just a giant patch. Um, yeah, obviously Hearthstone update and expansion. You'll get yep. that. Um, I think that they'll show off something for Diablo, probably a season update. Hmm. OK, I, I think they're going to show what the season progressions will be, because uh, I think I guess the first season will be coming out here soon. So it'll be like season two or so. Right. Um, and I wish that they would show a little bit more on their uh, survival game that they announced like four years ago. That I think is the big showstopper. If they could actually mm -hmm. show some some sort of trailer to that, that would be amazing. Because Blizzard's right. polish on a survival game would be incredible. Oh, yeah. I don't like survival games, but I would play that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I'm like, oh, it's such bullshit that they do a pre-order thing. Or like, if you spend extra money on the collector's edition, you play four days early. That's so stupid. Anyways, here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzard just has that with me. It's so hard. <laughs> we were all going to be strong and we all caved on the same exact day. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> so I think we're going to get the new expansion. I'm hoping it's going to be pirates themed. Finally. I know that a lot of people are saying it might be explorer themed or something like that as well. Thomas, any predictions for BlizzCon? And uh, you also have somebody kind of on the inside. Any ideas? Yeah, I I'm probably not the right person to ask on any Blizzard or Activision stuff, but yeah, I don't really have any predictions, but we'll see. We might be able to uh, kind of swing some things for BlizzCon. Uh, no promises, but yeah, I, I just uh, if I'm not injured or healing from a surgery, I would be there. And we, yeah, we might have some insider scoops on it. So definitely everybody stay tuned for that. Uh, and in, in November, you're going if I have to push you to Wilbur, you're going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, me and Alan, yeah. both of the food trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Park you by the food trucks, you guys could watch the cosplay. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be epic. So, you guys come hang out with us again on November 2nd at 8 p.m. at the Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar. It's really cool. And, uh, matter of fact, I just heard that they're probably going to be demolishing that Tiki Bar. So, it might be our last time there. Because, like, so this is just kind of some news. It's like real early on, but Nintendo, or not Nintendo, Disney plans on, they're trying to get the approval from Anaheim to expand one of their two parks right there into where all those hotels are and basically double the size of the parks. And so in between Whoa. the hotels will be a bunch of rides and stuff. So it's going to be big. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Two years ago, me and my wife stayed at one of those hotels and got early access into the park. Oh, yeah. And that was so cool. But more rides and more space at Disneyland or California Adventure. Yeah. Disney, Disneyland's yeah, also awesome. a bucket list thing for me too. Uh, I'm actually going to Disney World uh, here in two weeks. 
So, oh, congratulations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super wow. stoked. Can't wait. Very cool. Well, you got a place to stay, yep. man. Come on. Let's make oh, it happen. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> it'd be so I good. tell you what, <laughs> we generally go like at least two days at Disneyland while we're down at BlizzCon. So I'm just saying, again, Alan, Shut we'll push you around to those food trucks. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Not making any promises. However, I will see what I can do. Okay. There we go. All Boom. Right. All right. Yep. So you guys heard it here first. Alan is yep. guaranteed that he's going to BlizzCon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, we had the finale for both Barry and Succession. I know you guys are watching Succession. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it was a fantastic series finale. I think easily this is the best show I've seen since Mad Men. And that to me is like one of my all-time favorite shows. And I think Succession really captures what that kind of world looks like. And, you know, the impact of that power upon each of the siblings and how they're ill-equipped to deal with that, unlike their father. And yeah, season four was just a huge roller coaster of ups and downs. So like, it was such a great show to watch it for me binge. Cause I was lucky enough to start from season one, like a month ago to season four last week. So I, I had a great ride with it. It was amazing. That's awesome. Man. What do you think was your favorite aspect of the show? I'll say mine is I like how we thought we were getting character growth the entire time. But by the end you realize like, no, nobody changed. It's zero character. Exactly. Growth this entire show. But it was presented in a nuanced way. Like it, yeah, it kind of showcased each of their disgusting qualities and how they were each terrible people the whole entire time. And you don't really realize that at the beginning. But as you watch more of the show, it's like, oh, yeah, these are terrible people. You shouldn't be rooting for them. Yeah. But, you know, mm. Kieran Culkin as Roman, you just can't help but feel what he's feeling, especially with what happens in season four. Like I was, I was constantly like, empathizing with him and how he was feeling and it was just like wow what an incredible show just amazing show he yeah he was such a i'm only on yeah I, I, he's impressed me so much in the show i'm only on season three but yeah the characters it's you're right like from the start of season one you're like man these are despicable people they're terrible and then things happen and you're like man i kind of feel bad for them now and i feel i feel sad that they're not getting what they want and then you, they do something again and you're like nope piece of shit <laughs> Like it, it just flips back and forth, man. The writing is so good. So damn good on that show. Very much. Like for me, like, you know, none of us really have any experience in that kind of world, but we're all human at the very end of it. And they each go through those same feelings that we go through and you, you just can't help, but, you know, feel alongside them, like what they're going through. And especially with the ending, like seeing how everything turns out, you just can't help but grin at the end. Like it was so well done. It really was. Yeah. God. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else how am I gonna, <laughs> because I don't want to spoil yeah, it. I'm, I'm like, how am I going to play Diablo? It's just, yeah. yeah. You got to watch it. It's I'm good. like, Diablo succession, Diablo <laughs> succession. Like, that's all I want to do today <laughs> and the time. rest of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredible. They did such a good job. And then just a quick shout out to Barry. Also did a very good job of kind of buttoning things up where Barry, you're rooting for the entire time, although he's an assassin that kills people with almost zero remorse. And, by the end of that, you're like, okay, so if this is a normal show, then he would go to jail and be done forever and all would be good. No, they made it to where he's a freaking hero and everybody remembers the poor victim as like a murderer. So it was incredibly done. And if you were to tell me 10 years ago, Bill Hader, one of your favorite people from Saturday Night Live, is going to create one of the best dramas in 10 years, I would not believe you. And here he is. He created it, started it, did a hell of a good job. So if you guys are looking for something to binge and you haven't seen Barry yet, 
please check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. I would say too, two other things that's concluded really quick. Um, Ted Lasso. Yes, oh, I thought that finale so was really well done. Yeah, yeah. and um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. If you haven't watched yeah, that, I, both I think those. that show yeah. knocked it out of the park on their series finale as well. So yeah, just throwing it out there. You know what's weird? Like we we went from yeah. having like a drought of like no good TV to out of nowhere. Like everything was just awesome. And now all those writers are not writing anything. Right? So we're about to have a drought again. Right. Once more. <laughs> yep. Very true. History repeats itself. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I will say that if you like succession, they HBO gave that team a new series that's coming out. That's going to start Kate Winslet as a head of a country who just took over her country. So she's like trying to manage that. So if you oh, like wow. succession, there's a new one on the way, but it's a European dictatorship instead of a, it's the same thing as succession, basically. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, and it's Kate Winslet as going to be the new Logan Roy. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Before we go any further, I want to give another shout out to Magic Mind. This is my second week using Magic Mind, and the effects are still there. I drink one cup of coffee, I drink my Magic Mind, and I get productive. This is when I edit videos, edit podcasts, create the social media posts that you guys see every day. That's all while I'm focused in the morning using my coffee, thank God for coffee, and my Magic Mind. The best thing about Magic Mind is all the natural ingredients. It doesn't have any of those crazy chemicals. If you read the back of something that has Words you can't pronounce, you probably shouldn't be drinking it. But Magic Mind keeps it all natural and amazing. The amazing team over at Magic Mind gave us a discount code for you guys. It's GeekF20, and that'll get you 50% off of your subscription for the next 10 days. So head to the link in the description and just check out the website. They break down exactly what's in each bottle and the effects of the bottle, where they create productivity, focus, and also reduces stress. Use our discount code, save yourself some money, and then I want to head over to social media and let me know how you guys are liking Magic Mind. Personally, it's my go-to morning drink, and I want to know if you guys are feeling the same effects I am, and uh, let's share some stories together. Let's see how it's working out. All right, let's continue with our news. All right, we're going to be heading into uh, some news First off, Resident Evil is getting a new movie, and apparently it's going to be by the same people that made Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. We've done our review for this. It was such a weird movie watching watching this movie because me and Daniel both went and saw it in theaters, and what we didn't realize until after the movies is we were waiting for the other person to say, you want to just walk out? And so we didn't realize that until we finished watching it all. I'm like, son of a bitch. We could have saved ourselves an hour and a half at least. Yep. Uh, they're kind of loyal to the to the games, Except for the fact that they make like some of the people just look like, I don't know, bitches really. I'm not to be mean, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like wusses. And it's like, no, that's yeah. one of the main characters. They wouldn't do that. Have you guys seen that movie yet? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I kind right. of thought, yeah, Kyle was no, the, I thought Kyle was the easy one. I thought Kyle would have seen it for sure, but no. Uh, okay. No, I stay away from the movies for that specific reason. Like the games, okay. I love them. But the movies and TV shows, no, I stay away from. Did you guys watch the Resident Evil TV show on Netflix? No. I got through it. I'll say that too. Okay, you did. Props to so you, man. I could not. There, this is something about me. Okay, all right, guys. I'm so sorry to reveal this about myself. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm putting on my seatbelt. Right. I'm getting ready to buckle in for this one. I now the, there, there's a certain definition to this, right? Um, I enjoy bad movies. 
Right. Like now when some people think, oh, bad movie, you mean like Jason Statham's death, death race? You're like, no, I'm talking like movies that were made with so much heart and passion that they just turned out to be a complete piece of shit. And <laughs> yeah. like, you know, everyone in the, like everyone involved in the movie is like they, they they're giving it their all. They thought they had something special because like the movie was written, directed, produced, starred by like a real estate agent that just had too much money and he thought he could make a movie. Right. Yeah. And it's just awful. Um, Resident Evil TV show did that for me. Yeah. And it was <laughs> miserable and it was amazing. <laughs> and uh, whenever I, I read the show notes, I thought it said a new Resident Evil series, not movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. How did they make like it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Like, how did they do that? But I didn't know they were making another movie until I read that. Yeah. And yeah, that I, I show, heard, yeah. <laughs> the way it ended with like a giant zombified crocodile chasing one of them through a field. It was like, I mean, and I'm talking giant as in a two-story building. <laughs> it was like, What's of the course, quote? that's how it ends. What was the quote? Uh, no, they're the Resident Evil or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember the quote verbatim. I got to find it. But um I think I gave up on Resident Evil adaptations after the uh, the 12 movies we got. Right. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the I mean, it was like maybe the second one was decent. But after that, they just yeah. like didn't even follow the games at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. And then like Mila Djokovic had like powers or something, right? I mean, yeah. she was like. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, I don't know, flying at some. She's yeah. an Avenger. Yeah, it, it yeah. turned into like the yeah. Fast and Furious and, and of then Resident they, Evil. It's like, funny, like whenever. <laughs> They the writers realize they've gone too far because I think in movie like six or seven, they take the powers away from her yeah. and they're, you know, she loses them by, by some, you know, explanation that they they pulled out of their ass. Um, and then, you, you know, that they were writing like the script for it. And they were like, guys, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> this is too much. Where do we go from here? You know, it's bad when the, she comes out with the Monster Hunter movie. You're not sure if it's just the next Resident Evil movie. It could fit oh, in the no. same exact universe. Yeah, now I couldn't finish that one. I, I could not do. Now it. that's a good yeah, meme yeah. right there. I I couldn't even see it. I was just like, uh, I'm I'm not skilled enough to play the games. I'm not bored enough to watch the movie. Right. I'm good. So, yeah. My mom has all those movies on collectors. Like she collects all the Resident Evil movies. She loves them so much. <laughs> She's hey, a big listen, fan. Yeah, good Wait. on her, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What? Yeah, I know. You you've met my mom. She doesn't yeah. seem like a person who has no. No, she loved them. <laughs> what? especially That's she likes awesome. the third one uh, i think the best the one where they're like in vegas or whatever oh and they have man. to land on top of a building she's like oh that's not that's dope <laughs> she's a big oh, fan that's yeah. something that's i something. admire her ability to enjoy it yeah <laughs> i want that for myself yeah unfortunately <laughs> yeah, I, can't, exactly. I can't get through and it really it's a shame because there's like so much more to the games storyline wise that they could be tapping in on and they're just like no mm -hmm. we're gonna focus on one and two and just repeat that story and then run it into the ground as right. much as possible. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're working on a new office show and it's going to be done by Australia, Amazon prime It's going to be female led. Now, when I heard that at first, I was like, Oh cool. It's the office. And I'm not, it's like a, the 11th adaptation of the office. But I was thinking this time the work landscape has changed so much since that movie, that show came out mm -hmm. for their smartphones. First of all, uh, is there anything in particular you think would be cool to add to the office that hasn't been there since it's, like it's like 10 years old. Can you believe that guys? It's crazy. crazy. That's nuts. That is crazy. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? What's different in the office that they could be adding? 
Uh, well, post COVID, you know, <laughs> remote work, possibly remote work. Yeah. <laughs> I could see That'd that there's some character who's always working from home and he's like starting shit through <laughs> he's emails. He's always on a computer screen <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to get like a ton of zoom calls and then we're going to get like middle-aged people doing TikToks, And I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Someone like Creed, please. Do yes. that role. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine Creed had TikTok. Matt, or like, Michael Scott having yeah, TikTok. Like awesome. you'd think he'd be getting famous. Oh yep. <laughs> yeah, my God. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I got like 20 followers. And he's like, I'm killing it. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. And it's so just this Dwight already sounds cl- great. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dwight comments on everything, favorites it. That'd be great. Oh man. So yeah, this is the 11th one, but uh, the United States one's the most successful version of all of them. And they're saying that this one, they're bringing in like Australia's top female comedian to do this because they're like putting a lot of money behind it. It's Amazon making it. So Amazon's like, well, if we just put money in it, it'll be the better one. Yeah, if you build it, they will come easy, right? Yeah. (laughs) That being said, I'm sure I'm going to watch it, but yeah. Yeah, because that worked out super well for Rings of Power, right? Oh, God. Too soon. (laughs) Still can't finish that. My bad. I wa- I actually watched the whole thing and I actually liked it. So no, I, yeah. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan too. Yep. Um, I like anything that they do, but it still just sucks that that. Oh happened. yeah, how's that Golem game going for you, <laughs> dude? <laughs> oh my god! Listen, that Ooh. is that's a whole nother beast within itself, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, is the title of this episode just shots fired? Because <laughs> there's like shots fired yeah. everywhere. Today. Shots fired. <laughs> that's just wild to think about that. That like got made. Yeah, just on and the premise alone, like who would want to so play Gollum? Like why? And have yeah. to sneak around the whole time. He's the guy who gets in your way in Shadow of Mordor. Like you yeah. hate the Gollum quest, and they're like, let's give him his own thing. No. <laughs> yeah, let's make the whole game just that. Yeah. Around <laughs> so something, I'll say that much. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to the rights systems like that, we'll never get a new Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, which is actually yeah. really good games. And they created the Nemesis system, which of course, again, due to copywriting and rights we'll probably never see the nemesis system again. It was like the first version of AI in video games. And it's, um, I just, sometimes big business gets in the way so much. Like we're seeing with the yeah. whole Activision Blizzard thing. And we're just like, well, let's see how this works out and see what happens there. Well, the, yeah. I, I would argue the Gollum game needed that intervention. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Because like the well, one instance like the of Golem, where that would be a good thing. <laughs> I felt like the Gollum game was yeah. made because they didn't have the rights to shadow Mordor anymore. So they're like, well, let's try to, tried to get a new version of this somehow or whatever instead of just making another one because it was mm-hmm. basically Assassin's Creed meets Arkham Knight. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Hopefully we get something new. I think the people that did the uh, latest Harry Potter game should be in charge of the new Lord of the Rings ones too. At least that was pretty decent. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy was great. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I still haven't finished it, but I am enjoying it. Great game. <laughs> too many good games. Asper cancels Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic to DLCs because they're remaking them all, making them fancy and clean. This has been happening a lot lately with promised things being deleted. Overwatch 2, of course, me and Squeaks kind of went on a F-bomb rant on that one. Uh, is there anything, what do you think the industry needs to do to kind of clean this up? Do you guys have any ideas on that? Well, you know, they're offering free keys as compensation for their other games. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, they're, allow, they're, allowing you to, they're allowing you to get one free game from their library. I mean, I can't really picture another scenario that would work better than that. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, why why does this keep happening in the industry? Why are we having this, and why is this a problem? Are we buying games before they're finished? Isn't is that the problem? Oh, you mean like in general? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 
I would say it has a lot to do with consumer practices. Like we always buy copious amounts of cosmetics and DLCs and all sorts of that stuff in our battle passes. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. that's just the that's just the industry now. And it's a successful model because we always buy into it. With games like this, where you know, it's a very niche market to begin with. Like it's a retro game considered to be nowadays. And mm-hmm. even then it's like two DLCs that only a few of that fan base would really know about. So I think it was an easily made decision on their part because they probably just didn't have the resources to continue development from their publisher. I presume this is what happened. Yeah. So, you know, that's all My they could really do with that. Yeah, my problem with that is, and then why promise it? Like, how is that not foreseen? And then this happened to me specifically with Overwatch. I paid for early access knowing that the PvE is coming out. Even more so because me and Squeaks literally played the exact PvE at BlizzCon. I was like, this is done already. Cool, I can't wait to play this. And then they decided to cancel it. And I'm like, I paid 30 bucks for early access to this. So where's my 30 bucks? You know, Blizzard, come on. And then, of course, I spent too much on Diablo. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think my my favorite new thing that's happened was um shoot. Was it Ark where um they're releasing the enhanced version of Ark? Yeah. Um and then they're shutting down the servers for uh Ark 1 unless you buy the uh the new version of it. Yeah. Like incredible like the new engine. That yeah. that just seems like not theft but shit like if you had the physical yeah. copy you know <laughs> yep it's just it's getting so crazy with what we're putting up with as a consumer yeah yeah i don't see any consumer slowing down on that either i think like the safest bets to get the physical edition but there are physical games now that don't work anymore because of this because everything's attached to live services yep and if somebody's got a live action or a live uh, copy of arc it's now dead that's just crazy to me but you get a free copy of Arc 2. Which, yeah, first off, Vin Diesel. So oh, I'm good. And when is that ever coming out? They promised that thing out like six years ago. Oh, God. The one thing, though, that I will say, because, um, I, I, you know, I was looking into it and I was just thinking about all the Arc drama and controversy. Um, man, I love the game Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. And Vin Diesel produced it. What the hell? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he... He owns yeah, a, yeah, so that. he owns another company. That's what he does. He he's like um he's just a big nerd with money. And I think that's where we all want to be, right? But like um yeah, he True. he produced that game and he also produced Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Dark Athena too. Wow. And both those games are killer. So then he bought out the uh the studio for Ark because he just liked the game. That's pretty cool. I mean, I guess if I had enough money, I would do the same thing. I would like, yeah, dude. Oh yeah. If there's a game that we all love and you know, we want or whatever. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That makes me feel like, like him and Ark more. Yeah. Which is (laughs) in a weird way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, I I still do think it's just genuinely and wholeheartedly shitty about what's happening. I mean, you can have good intentions when you strive to do something like that for the industry. You're yeah. Easily like, passionate about but you know that only goes so far right 100 yeah it's all you know team-based and you know other complications arise like through publishing and all that stuff i presume mm. that's what happened here with this uh night silver public dlc fiasco yeah they, the publisher just probably didn't think it was a profitable endeavor and so they had to just axe it 
and move on it to just, the next thing. It kills me because as a consumer, you feel so powerless in the situation. You do. You're like my job in this agreement is to hand you money. Did that part. And so I just need you guys to do your half. And here we are. You know, and you're going to give me a free copy of Pod Racers. I'm good. I've beaten it 400 times. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, with Overwatch 2, I mean, that was like their big promise. Like I remember BlizzCon when they announced it. Yeah. They had that huge trailer of all of them working together. And that was like the vision for single player. Well, yeah, that was their that was their whole reason for the game being the way that it was in the first place. Yeah, because it was Project Titan before it was Overwatch, and it was always going to be the the pay PVE, and then they kind of scapegoated and made a PvP. But that was before release of the first game, and so this was going to promise to bring Project Titan out this like actual world building. Because that's the other thing with Overwatch, the lore is so incredible. Like it's some <clears> of the <throat> best lore that that <laughs> Blizzard's ever written. And it's not in the game. You have to go to the comic books. You have to go to everything else around it. Yep. And, and the incredible cinematics. And it's like, just give us an actual game that shows us this. And that would be, that'd be great. I think that was the same year that they like told everybody they're going to put Heroes of the Storm on the back burner. And it was, you have a great game. Just, Man. I don't know, advertise it better or something uh, like that. Because that is a perfect game. Hot still cuts deep for me. Mm. Yeah. I loved Heroes of the Storm so much. And I think it would survive better in the long run because it's, it's not like I feel when you go to League of Legends, when I play League of Legends, I always feel like I'm behind the ball. I'm like, oh, I've, I've stopped playing for three months, yep. so I don't know how to play anymore. Hots was Here's the, the fun MOBA. Team based. Yeah. Yeah. Hots was the fun one. It was the one that was easily, easily to grasp. And you you still found people that were just leagues above you. And but you you still watch them play and you're like, I bet I could do that. And I played Dota, too, uh, to try to fill the Hots void. But thank God Diablo's out. <laughs> God, Dota too. That props to you for even being able yep. to do that at all. But the next game that I am absolutely stoked about is Baldur's Gate Three. I'm so pumped for that. I know Tukura's gonna be playing that one as well, so he'll be yep. doing our review for that. Because he was like, "Man, I he, like the old Baldur's Gate game. He thought was incredible, and now he's starting to play D and D. So he's starting to like see that. Oh, it's all D and D based. It's like, yeah, that's Baldur's Gate. <laughs> and so he's he's pretty excited about it." All right, we're moving on to our special guest, Alan Dunford. Alan, you have made Top Hat Studios, which has made Grandma Chainsaw. You've got uh, Hocus Hocus and also Horse and Hell. And there's a lot of one-offs that you do that are excellent. There's the painting one. There's all kinds of good stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about the different comic books you have and then why you decided to bring in Horse, uh, Horse and Hell into its own series? Hang on, Frank. I'm sorry. My, my throat is very parched. I need to take there a is. drink from <laughs> yeah. this. Oh, as he mm. shows his Geek Freaks mug. Mm. That's the newer one, too. That's a classic nice one. Pug. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm just thinking of Wayne's World right what now, I'm... where they're like drinking the Pepsi and eating the pizza, the Dominoes and everything. This I think how long it took him to take a drink. <laughs> yeah. This, this makes my coffee feel new and refreshing, much like Geek Freaks with their takes on all things in the nerd culture. Perfection. <laughs> Your check is in the mail, by the way. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So again, uh, you know, my name's Alan Dunford. Um, I, I started writing comic books probably about uh, two years ago. It, it's it's mm -hmm. kind of crazy to think it's only it hasn't been that long ago. Uh, so yeah, two two and a half years ago, um, we we started with a series called Pocus Hocus, and that is just a uh, it's a Faustian tale. So it's about a uh, it's about a guy who sells a soul to a demon to have actual magical powers. Uh, you know, he's a magician. He's trying to impress his father. And as these things go, when you sell your soul to a demon, it doesn't work out in his favor. Uh, I promise the book's way funnier 
than what we're making it out to be. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after we did Pocus Hocus, um, you know, we we kind of had that uh, that itch to to make something that was uh, our version of a slasher. So we landed on a book called Grandma Chainsaw, and it is about. Uh, I mean, it kind of does what it says on the label. It's a, a killer grandma with a chainsaw. We'll, we'll kind of leave it there because there's a lot more that happens around it. I feel yeah. like I'm underselling it a little bit. You, well, you have to undersell it or you reveal too much is the problem with that book. Yeah, um, it's funny. Whenever I talk about it with people and they give me the review, it, we all get the same responses. I didn't expect that and I didn't see yeah. the ending coming, which is <laughs> and I hope that's in a good way, because, uh, you know, I didn't expect the Resident Evil series. And I didn't expect any of it coming. And I hate every <laughs> bit of it. Um, but yeah, we, we just uh, were almost done with Grandma Chainsaw 2. That campaign ended not that long ago. So all the backers uh, definitely be getting ready to check your emails because we are almost done with it. I think we only have like, I think Brian only has like two pages left, two or three pages. And that okay. one's in the book. That one's in the can. My white, um, my white whale right there with Brian. Yes, I'm someday going to interview him. Believe me, I, I just want a phone call with the guy just to tell him thank you for everything that he's done. Um, Outstanding. So there's we, we originally with Bad Bug Media and they asked us to help them with or participate in a anthology series that they had called Roseblood Manor, where we got to make two short stories for them. Uh, both are eight pages, so you could find those in issue one and issue two. Issue one involves a, a an aristocrat who tries to buy an expensive painting and he gets uh, more than what he bargains for. And then the other one is about a serial killer who learns that his purpose is to actually be the true victim. Yeah. So yeah, we had a lot, we had wow. a lot of fun making that. Uh, but now we're, 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 where we are with horse and hell. So horse and hell is in short, just about a pink rabbit from hell who happens to be uh, accidentally pledged his servitude to a, a stupid drunk magician. And he has to kind of come to terms with that and one night the magician says uh, he has a new trick to show him and he opens up a portal to hell through his hat and he passes out before he can close the portal. <laughs> so the the series is going to follow Horace trying to close that portal and you'll never guess where he goes. So <laughs> he gets pulled straight back into hell and he's going to mm -hmm. meet a couple familiar faces down there that he, he's been with before because we find out at the beginning he was a general in hell's army and yes. uh, we, we try yeah. to have a lot of fun with it. Um, the artist for that is Kit Wallace. He was he's done covers for us for everything that we've done. We love his artwork so much. He's a fantastic guy to work with. Um, and while Brian's busy hammering out other stuff for us, we thought, hey, let's go and just throw throw this one to Kit. And we know that he's going to do a great job. And it's going to be kind of a good departure uh, from what we do. And this is like a uh, you know how we'd like to describe it, a demented Saturday morning cartoon. There it is, because it's got a very big like. Uh, bonkers you know kind of like this this big saturday morning cartoon where like when somebody's laughing it's to the extreme where you're almost like oh it's, everything's maniacal yeah. and uh so it's really cool and then like there are speaking of horse in hell specifically when you're in the first few pages when you're seeing horse as a general in hell the visuals of seeing the army from heaven mm -hmm. and army in hell and then you got this pink rabbit versus like gabriel this night yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> everything is to an 11 this is red and stimpy or whatever this is so fun uh, yeah, we, we really definitely good. cranked it up on this one with what we could get by with. Yeah. Yep. So I want you guys to check this out. Top Hat Studios is doing so well. And now you guys have a podcast. 
it's outstanding. We're jealous of how good your podcast is. Me and Joey nope. talk about it often. <laughs> but like this son of a bitch, he talks to podcasters all the time. Then he launches his own. It's freaking fascinating. Let people know about your podcast too. Um, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, his name's Caleb Palmquist. He's written such books as uh, Vampire Detective in Space um, and Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Those are his two biggest ones. Yeah. Um, we we decided to go and get together and just bestow our crappy knowledge to people. So the podcast itself, it's one word. It's just called crowd blunders. So we just talk about where we've messed up in crowdfunding. We have a couple guests on uh, just to talk about what they've done, where they've messed up and what they've learned. You know, whenever we were kind of exploring the the space and we were talking about it, you know, we were like, well, let's just try to do something that, you know, you, you write what you know. Mm-hmm. And we're really good at screwing up. So we thought <laughs> that, hey, if we have a podcast about us screwing up, maybe someone can learn from it and not make the same mistakes we did because uh, crowdfunding is a, it's a beast, man. It's, uh, yeah. y- you can never, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you can never predict how well a campaign's going to do. Uh, it's just, it's wild. And, and I think that's one of the things too, with horse and hell, we're, we're very excited for it, but we're also nervous because it, it does feel like a departure a little bit from, from what we're used to, but we still keep everything within the same vein. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, Horus is a spinoff series for Pocus Hocus because it's the origin of Pocus's Pink Rabbit, Horus. Um, yeah. But we tried to write it in a way where if you've never read Pocus or have no interest in it, you can pick up Horus and Hell and then know exactly what's happening. That's awesome. One thing I find interesting with how the artwork changes, too, because Horus looks so different in, obviously, it's a different artist mm-hmm. in Pocus Hocus. I kind of like to think that Horus and Hell is how Horus sees the world with all yep. the extremes versus how Pocus, who's a little more grounded. That's funny to say who literally knows magic sells a soul to a demon, yeah. <laughs> but how he sees things a little bit more grounded. Yeah. Um, so the, the two work really well together. What are some of the things you've learned in your kickstarting, you know, success really, if we're being honest, and that maybe you'd be sharing on the podcast and something that you're using with this horse campaign coming up. Um, be smart with, uh, especially with your budget um, okay. and, and be smart with, with what you do and, and how you promote it and how you partner. So our letterer and designer, Dave, he actually made a cover for us and it's a Hellboy homage cover. Um, and it, whenever he said he wanted to do it, I was like, yeah, man, sure. Yeah. Well, whatever, if you're feeling it, go for it. Um, and the cover was just so well done. I don't know if you've seen the original Hellboy in hell cover, but he did such an incredible job, uh, with it. But Dave also has a book running that he wrote with, ironically, he wrote with Caleb. It's called space monkey nights go. And it's about it's a, it's another it's like a Dave is such a huge Caleb teenage knows mutant. how to name books. I got to throw that out there yeah, real quick. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Space Monkey Nights Go is is Dave's love letter to uh, he's a huge Ninja Turtles fan. So it's his love letter to that because it's about a bunch of it's about four monkeys who are supposed to travel in space and they have a cybernetic robot that accidentally changes all the programming they were supposed to be watching while they were sleeping to King Arthur stories. So the monkeys, when they come out of their cryo sleep, they're they're They think that they're knights in an Arthurian tale. So they're traveling the universe as space monkey knights instead of supposed to be teaching and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what we're doing with them, we're, we're both launching on June the 13th and we're doing a cross promotion print where if you back our campaign and their campaign at a physical tier for both, then you get a crossover print of Horus and the Space Monkey Knights. So it's just, you know, it's just you try to do fun things and, and maybe yeah, capture a new doing. audience. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? Like you, you can stay stagnant. You, you can just stay, which is great. Having returned people is what you want, but you also still want to try to branch out and be able to capture new people because you want your audience to grow. And if you're growing, that means the team's growing and everyone's getting more eyes on it. And it's just, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Uh, we have a playlist on Spotify and I'll link to it in the description guys of every interview I've had with Alan. And even you could see just the growth within the interviews, even of how much you and the crew of, I mean, it's a team really, a really good team yeah. have grown over the years and how you've guys gone from like this kind of pandemic idea to a second career, hopefully someday your primary career yeah. and uh, just your publishers and everything like that have expanded Jason and all them at their team at the team is really good. So yep. check it out guys. Links in the description. Also, it's incredibly important. Go to, I'll link it again to the campaign for horse and hell. It's not going to launch when this thing comes out yet. But you can go there and get notified. And when you when more people click on that notify thing, the more Kickstarter boosts it up when it first launches. So it's important that everybody clicks that notify thing. Doesn't cost you a bit, but it helps the campaign. So check that out. 100%. Yeah. And thank you guys, too. And, you know, obviously, we've talked about the behind the scenes a little bit, Frank. But, uh, you know, I speak for everyone on the team, too. Uh, thank you, everyone at Geek Freaks, for always being so welcoming. Um, yeah, Joystick, I can't wait to come back on and talk to you guys, too. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's just been so awesome for how well the community has has received us and and welcomed us in, especially, you know, whenever you're you're new and you're trying to find your footing. And, you know, the, the other announcement that we have to make, we can't exactly reveal the date yet, but uh, Pocus Hocus is going to be on comic book shelves this year. Um, and we're, we're really excited about Ooh. that. So. Um, you know, I sent over the the log lines for what's going to be put in previews and in diamond. So uh, I'll let you guys know whenever we're in previews magazine so we can uh, we can try to beg people to go to their uh, local comic shops yeah. and uh, pre-order that bad boy. We're going to do uh, when that happens. We're going to do a phone call campaign where we're going to get people to call the local comic shops and request it <laughs> because that's how you get them to actually order through diamond. It's a whole thing, guys. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to do that once we know that it's in their preview books. Then we're gonna be yeah. like, all right, everybody, here's the local number for your local comic book yeah, shop. And here's a previous code. Yeah. So Boom. it's uh yeah, and it's kind of cool because we have, you know, we'll just call them it's weird to say that something I have could potentially be seen as a collector's item, but that's gonna be all four new covers for Pocus one through four for the first art that's coming mm -hmm. out in shops. So everything that you buy on Kickstarter is gonna be a Kickstarter exclusive cover, whether we say it or not, because how source point likes to do it, they want all new covers when it goes to the shops, and I totally get that. That's so. fair, yeah. I don't That's have cool. enough money. Yeah, <laughs> you better start saving. Collecting <laughs> cans now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, on our way out, let's go with our recommendations for the week. I'll start us off with Immortal Phoenix Rising. The reason I'm suggesting this game, it's out of Ubisoft. It's an excellent follow-up to Zelda. If you guys are all playing Zelda and you're actually at the end of the game and you're needing something kind of in that same artistic style, something of a bit of the gameplay without the building too much, I would check out Immortal Phoenix Rising. It is only $15 for the PS5 version on Amazon right now. It's a heck of a sale they got going on. And uh, again, it really has some of those Zelda vibes, uh, but it's from Ubisoft. So, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Who wants to go next for their, their suggestion, their recommendation? Um, I think I would suggest Diablo 4. Oh, is that a good one? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, really? You yeah, would have never yeah, guessed. Yeah, Diablo 4. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Kyle? Uh, yeah, I've actually been uh, watching From. It's a new show on Amazon, I believe, through MGM. Okay. And it stars Harold Perrineau, previously an actor from one of my favorite shows of all time, Lost. And uh, yeah, really cool supernatural show where these people are stuck in a town. They can't leave. 
under threat of monsters in the woods. And there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. So really cool show. I highly recommend it. That is such a good, I loved Wayward Pines and Under the Dome. That feels like both of those. So exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. That's cool. Adding it right in the Yeah. Down. What do you got, Thomas? Yeah. Adding that to the list for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, everything we talked about today. I mean, there's so much good things to watch and play right now. It's like, what a good time to be like a geek and just a fan of things. Yeah. It's oh man. So uh, yeah, I don't think we have anything else to add on top of that. At least I don't, but for challenge accepted. If you have not checked it out, we really appreciate it. And we have a fun kind of charity competition going on for the year. If we hit 10,000 or closer to 10,000 downloads, Frank uh, will get a nice charitable donation towards his food bank. And I will have to wear a cowboy's hat. And then uh, if it's closer to 5,000, I will have to wear Frank's. I, I will have to wear the cowboy's hat. Oh yeah, you would have to wear a Seahawks, Seahawks hat. hat. Yeah. Which oh, Seahawks. Team. Okay. And yeah. we will have also. Oh, uh, Dallas Cowboys! I was yeah. thinking like Dallas a ten-gallon hat. I was like, that's that's kind of. Yeah. That's if we get to twelve. That would be cool. Twelve thousand. We get to twelve thousand. Yeah, I was like, man, no, why are you so bummed wearing... about wearing a cowboy hat? I mean, that sounds cool. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking no, about, it. about I the think Dallas Cowboys. As things goes on, I have a I have an idea, Thomas. I'm pitching it to you right now here at Gig Freaks. If something comes up where I like. I want you to watch like, I don't know, Cats 2 or something like that. I'll chip oh, no. in an extra like 25 cans to the pool that'll go to one of our charities. So I'm thinking we could add that as we go on throughout the year. So, yeah. How about I just already <laughs> donate the extra 25 and then skip that? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Watching oh, Cats, my. guys, was one of our, and it's a popular episode of, of Challenge Accepted, but that was a tough one to do is I'm watching sure is. Cats. <laughs> that was crazy. We, we need, yeah, uh, we're putting this lightly in quotes, but we need another Dumpster Fire episode. If you have something that's terrible, maybe it's the Resident Evil no, series. No, you guys just, just email, email me or text me. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have a ton of movies I can send your way, and you guys will never invite me back to your show ever again. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good idea, actually. Now I'm thinking yeah. I'm writing it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Cut it out. But yeah, please help us out because either way, you know, great organizations are going to yeah. get some charity uh, donated to them. And uh, yeah, we really want to hear what you guys think. So yeah, check out Challenge Accepted. Ooh, and last thing, yeah. The Machine is out with Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill. So I want to, I haven't watched it yet, but go see that. I'm going to probably watch it next weekend. Yeah. There's so many movies to watch. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyways, the, the donations, it's either going to be to Thomas's food bank or my food bank. And uh, so help us out with that, guys. We're going, it's all based off listen. So come hang out with us at Challenge Accepted. That's it for this week. Thank you guys very much for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye.